Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey friends, welcome back. Welcome back. It's the last episode of the year. Yeah. We made Are we it. Doing accents? Oh, that's for a little bit. I cannot. <laughs> Mine any accents? Hell no. Mine are terrible. What do you mean? I just, I just do Hello, it. Hello, Gaufna. <laughs> I feel like that's what everyone does. Hello, Gaufna. Well, now I can't do it just because I'm thinking about doing it. I'm not very good either, but that's fun. It is fun. I'm pretty sure they imitate us too, but, but they like, really oh, good. Oh, yeah, they do. Of course. Have you ever seen them do like cowboy accents? Those shits are hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I need to see that. I need to get that on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're really good at it. They imitate us and you can't tell but when we do we like biscuits <laughs> and tea <Right. laughs> listen one week of watching a BBC show you can't you can't see me <laughs> listen I'm, I'm lady whatever the fuck right lady whistle guy, down there was this guy I knew in college and he did you know study abroad mm-hmm. he did like a two week trip to Australia and he came back and tried to act like he had an Australian accent no he knew his ass and, and he did that until we graduated so it's been half a month <laughs> Like, and they canceled out your whole life of right. living in fucking what Ohio? Like what no, from Atlanta? I think. So, oh no, uh, no, no, come on, not Atlanta, right? Anyway, oh, so weak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna come to the UK one day, and y'all not gonna know we're not from there. We're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. So for current in crime, I could not. I'm trying to find an article that centers the man. But this one from CNN. This one. Oh, you you found one. You want to send it to? You? Yeah, because I, I found one that centers Alice Siebold. So Alice Siebold falsely identified somebody as her rapist 16 years ago, I think. How long was he in prison? He was in prison for 16 years. He was in prison for 16 years, yeah, in 1982. Um, so this article is from CNN, um, written by Keely Westoff. I'm just going to read like a little bit of it and then get back to the other one. Um, so convicted in 1982, Broadwater spent more than 16 years in prison. He was denied parole at least five times because he wouldn't admit to a crime he didn't commit, according to his attorneys. Broadwater, 61, tried five times to get the conviction overturned. And even after he was released, he didn't give up. But it didn't happen until Monday when uh, New York State Supreme Court Justice Gordon Cuffey vacated the rape conviction and other counts related to it. Um, Siebel, oh, I have popped up my bad. Um, Siebel described the rape, which happened when she was a freshman at Syracuse University in 1981, in painstaking detail in her memoir. It was published in 1999, the year after Broadwater's released from prison. Almost five months after she was raped, Siebel um, told Broadwater on the street in Syracuse. No, Siebel saw Broadwater on the street in Syracuse. Um, He reminded her of her rapist and she reported the encounter to police, according to Broadwater's attorney's affirmation. But later she failed to identify Broadwater in a police lineup. Clue number fucking one. That maybe this ain't the one. Broadwater was convicted on two pieces of evidence, Sybil's account across racial identification, since the author is white and Broadwater is black. And the analysis of a piece of hair that was later determined to be faulty, his attorneys wrote. Oh my God. A piece of hair? Did they do right. DNA testing on it? 
They was like, oh, this is nappy, so it must have been him. Like, I fucking hate, uh, anyway, I fucking hate the police. Research has found that the risk of eyewitness misidentification is significantly increased when the witness and the subject are of different races. Mm-hmm. As to her, as to the hair analysis in 2015, the FBI testified that microscopic hair analysis contained errors in at least 90 percent of the cases that the agent. 90 percent? Are you kidding me? That's an A. Like, <laughs> it's an F. <laughs> in this case, in this case. Like, most, like all of them except for 10. Like, no, huh? girl. Everybody needs to go to jail yeah, yeah. yeah. how do you mess up that <laughs> yeah, <high? laughs> honestly let's start from scratch they're not double checking their work 90 percent. so are they gonna cases. retry everything right i don't know i don't know i really don't know right. and i think i i don't know i'm just guessing because i don't know shit i'm guessing that when they do hair analysis they're doing hair type and what they're doing is like this is this hair straight is it blonde is it bleached da 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 because they didn't specifically say DNA. Because yeah. that's what they would say. Yeah, yeah you might be right. That's Damn. not a lot, though. Since when is one piece of hair and somebody's word enough to put somebody in jail for 16 years? Right. Especially when you know that misidentification is amplified when it's cross-racial. But, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just went to Broadwater's reaction. Um, they said days after the judge's decision to clear his conviction... He said, it feels so unreal. I'm still soaking it in. I'm kind of like afraid in a sense. I'm so happy. As to Sybil, Broadwater said he would like an apology. I sympathize with her, what happened to her. And I just hope there's a sincere apology. I would accept it. I'm not bitter or have malice towards her. And this is another thing that I don't like. It's because when black people are done wrong by the system or by other people, they're always so forgiving. Not saying that I don't like that. I don't like how one people expect that from black people and then they see that as enough. Like you don't see any type of restitution and rehabilitation, nothing like that. Right. The same thing happened with um Botham Jean, uh the one who mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, his brother like hugged the woman and I don't think he was necessarily in the wrong for feeling that way. Just black people are just so for just like culturally we're just so forgiving. And white people just never have ever given us that it's, same. It's we have to be forgiving in order to live and survive. survive, right? We like, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I have that gene because I I don't <laughs> hold a grudge. Like I'm I'm dead ass. Like people will be calling me angry and like they say that like I cut people off too quickly and things like that. But like I'm I'm not gonna allow people to think that they can just get away with fucking murder, literally. Mm-hmm. And like. I don't know. I'm just supposed to be forgiven. Like, no, no. that shit don't fly over here. I right. think that's perfectly fine. And I think that for some reason, people, it's like instilled in us that you have to forgive in order to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I think you need that. that. Yeah. I think I can still un- understand what you did to me mm-hmm. and be upset about it mm-hmm. and then live my life perfectly fine and right. not think about you again. Right. But if I come across you, I'm not going to hug you. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even acknowledge your existence. No. I completely agree with both of y'all. For yeah. however many years. He can't get those years back. Right. Yeah. That's 16 years. The 80s? And this is the fact that this woman is a, is a published author. So she wrote The Lovely Bones. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That turned into a movie, right? Great, oh, great so that's like here. a whole other thing. So there's a new um, there's a new movie coming out. I forget what it's called. Um, and the reason this ended up happening, the reason this whole, like, exoneration ended up happening is because the director or, like, I guess, like, the script supervisor or something was doing research. Mm. And he came across all these holes in the story. And so he did research and he was like, I don't think this is true. Like, I don't, we need to investigate this. And then it ended up leading to uh, his exoneration. So if it hadn't been for this film, 
which is why we still need writers. We still need storytellers because those are the people who are going to do the work and look at the literature of it and Mm -hmm. be like, I don't think this sounds right. Yeah. And so he pointed out the holes in the story that I think he got a lot of flack for it. I wish I could find the article that I read. It's going to take too long to do it right here right now. But, um, Y'all know uh, Victoria Pedretti, the one, um, I know I'm saying her last name wrong. She she She's was she plays Love on You. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, she was in the Blind Manor series too. Mm-hmm. She backed out of the movie because of this coming out. She was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. I don't have one that did good do for with her." That. So yeah, far away. yeah, that's what I said too. Yeah, um, but the fact that Alice Siebold or Harvey said her name made all this money off of this memoir that she wrote about mm-hmm. this break that I'm sure did happen, but like the unjust conviction of this person that happened as a result of it is just like. Wow, that mm-hmm. shouldn't be allowed. That shouldn't be. Legal. I mean, she. So she. It was published after he already got out, but the um, publishing company that like prints the book has put it on hold. Okay, and she has issued an apology, and I don't know if that was in response to him asking for an apology or if like it was genuine. Mm-hmm. I mean, a part of me truly doesn't care because I just said how no. I felt. Like, yeah, it's just like. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge? C- us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell? my into full drag and we'll see you on the big cu- oh wait i thought we were gonna say that together now on the big cutie couch Mwah. i also i'm like cool you stop production which is good but why were you ever allowing it to be published from the jump yeah. like i feel like that that part of your story should it should not be your story mm-hmm and you should not be making money off of it. All yeah. that money should go to that, um, that man. man. Yeah. And he was forced to register as a sex offender, which, I mean, is not super surprising. But, I mean, I just can't imagine how much that impacted his life. Like, he's 61 years old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just not having these convictions overturned. Yeah. His, yeah. I don't even. And yeah. because he's black, mm-hmm. people are still going to see him as a person who committed sexual assault, whether you get off or not. Mm-hmm. It's still like oh, well, what if she did, you know, identify him or whatever and they made a mistake or some shit like that? There's, It's been so many cases and so many documentaries about shit like that where they still be like, oh, just because the hair was misidentified doesn't mean it wasn't him, you know, right, shit like yeah. that. So yeah. like, people are still going to see him in that way and he I, can never escape that. There needs to be, I mean, like, obviously there's a lot of wrongfully convicted folks who are in jail for hell of years or, mm-hmm. um, what is it, um, set to be executed how is it possible that you can convict somebody of a crime for that many years when your evidence is so ass? So yeah, it's so And he took minimal. two polygraph tests. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's both of them with flying colors. Mm-hmm. How is that even possible? And DNA evidence was... DNA evidence was introduced in 89, 90? I want to say nine, yeah, so early 90s. Somewhere in the middle of his conviction, his evidence could have been tested right. to see if, he, if, that, if that hair was his. And it would have showed that it wouldn't, but also, yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. yeah. And it's such a hard conversation to have because most likely she was actually sexually assaulted. Right. So the person who actually did it is out there and she was just honestly just trying to find him. But 
honestly, an innocent person's life is not worth a conviction in, in, in that case at all. You know, there's like research and it's known that cross-racial um, identification is like mm-hmm. gray as hell. Unreliable. So why is that not like a more important, like looked at like very particularly when it comes to cases like this yeah Mm -hmm. it's so sad because it's like like i was saying before we started recording like you want to believe survivors but when it comes to the intersection of like sexual assault and things like that and race it just gets really hard especially like historically the stories we know of of, like white women specifically accusing black women of crime Mm -hmm. i mean black men of crimes Mm -hmm. um and sexual crimes specifically like it's just really fucking hard to I don't know, wrap your mind around a lot of the times, which is terrible. Yeah. Is there, well, never mind. I was going to say, is there any type of like repercussions when it comes to falsely accusing someone? Mm-mm. For white women? Come on now. Yeah, no. If it is, it's definitely not going to be for no white woman. <laughs> yeah. Especially if she's rich. I mean, like, she's a whole author and stuff. They're going to be like, oh, my bad. And I then, mean, that whole woman uh, confessed of. Um, Lying on Emmett Till and yes. nothing came of it. Right. Literally, she I was think like she's still alive. Maybe not. I don't know. I, th- I think she, either she is or she just died, like in twenty twenty, because it was like a huge thing. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh my bad." Like I lied. What I take solace in though is like I don't know if y'all ever read these stories, but when white women do do these terrible things, like I've read several stories of like right on their deathbeds, like mm-hmm. the people come to them and then they start trying to apologize and it's like, no, it's racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love those on TikTok. I, yes. I love those on TikTok. There was this one where this woman, she didn't like that. Um, it was like some girl and like, she was mad that the little black girl had like a prettier dress than her or whatever. I heard about this. And one. like, didn't her house ended up getting burned down? It was like, she lost her family. It was something wild. And then she ended up admitting it on her deathbed to, yeah. to a black nurse yeah. to absolve her saying, I'm like, no nah, girl, you going to hell. Like, right. I've also seen <laughs> you know, TikToks of like black nurses that work or, um, black doctors or whoever that work in like nursing homes mm-hmm. and then the white older folks who have like dementia <gasps> mm-hmm. are like crazy racist to them I and saying just like off the wall my shit. stepmom is a, a nurse at a nursing home and she has told me those stories i mean she's been called nigga girl oh my god to her face and she's better than me she's the sweetest like most patient person in the world you have i feel like you have to be in order to be in that field but she just like kind of like laughs it off i'll no. be like nah <laughs> Guess you ain't eating today, Peggy Sue. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, Ooh. that shit's the fucking worst. I, I don't know. <laughs> that that has happened to me before, and I'm just like, eh. I was, yeah. Yeah. You know. But but yeah. So well, I'm happy he's out. I hope he gets some type of restitution. We'll definitely keep updates if he does. The mm-hmm. com- uh, community raised money for him. Let me look up how much. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see that he got a check because <laughs> anything less than six hundred trillion is not enough. Like, right. So his uh, GoFundMe. Someone created a GoFundMe for him, and it has forty thousand dollars right now. Oh, okay. I mean, she need to contribute. That's what yeah, I'm she need to. Company needs to contribute some money. She need to break off a fucking check. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't awarded that. Right in court. We'll see what happens. I think that we haven't heard the end of the story, to be honest. I yeah. think she's going to try to do something to make it right. Because you said there's a movie related to something having to do with her that's been... Yeah, I think it's called um, Lucky. 
Yeah. Well, Lucky's the name of the memoir. No, so okay. They're make a movie out of it. Yeah, I think they're making a movie. Oh. Out of it. And that's the one that Victoria Pajetti uh, dropped okay. out of. Yeah. I mean that, and like the the Lovely Bones is like streaming on Netflix. So I wonder if there'll be any consequences there. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I think something else will come out of it. I think you know people are trying to be on their progressive tip, even if it's just for show. All right. Well, we'll be back with um our version of the main story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're back for our main story. And this week, um, in honor of the upcoming holidays and winter season, we wanted to do a little something different. So we're going to go around and each of us researched or found some articles about crimes that happen around the holiday season, winter season. And we're kind of going to do some little little short stories for y'all um, for our main story this week. So I'll go first. This is called the Covina Massacre. Ooh. <laughs> um, like California. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, so, so for some content warnings, it has murder and um, suicide. So on December 24th of 2008 in Covina, which is a suburb of L.A., at 1130, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo knocked on the door of his former in-law's house. So he had just divorced his wife like a week before. So they were super you know, fresh off the divorce. And he knocked on the door of her in of her parents' house and he was dressed in a Santa suit. Yikes. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I know. It's like, why? But, um, it was New Year's Eve. I mean, I'm sorry, it was Christmas Eve. So he was just in a Santa suit and he had like, um, the bag of gifts with him. I mean, they weren't gifts, but it looked like the bag of gifts. No, they were not. It was actually, um, an air compressor which I don't know what that is, but apparently he had converted it to um, hold gasoline. Oh. And he also had four 9mm semi-automatic handguns in his Santa bag. Oh, fuck. Um, So within moments of opening the door, Bruce pulled out one of the handguns and he started shooting. And the first person that he shot, and this is really sad, was his 8-year-old niece, I guess former niece, her name was Katrina, and she had ran to him <gasps> to give him a hug. Oh. Yeah, because she knew him. That's fucking awful. I know, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. So he then just started randomly shooting at the other people that were at the house. I guess they were having like a small get-together. And um, police speculate that some of the shooting occurred by Bruce actually standing over the victims and kind of shooting them like execution style. Wow. Oh my god. <clears throat> Not on Christmas. I know. That's so sad. So after the shootings, Bruce unwrapped the rest of the package that he brought and it was the compressor that he had um filled with gasoline or whatever and he sprayed the gas all over the the um house. I'm really curious how he converted an air compressor. Like I What is an air compressor? So, an air compressor, I don't know. My dad's really handy. So when we were kids, like my dad had an air compressor at the house that he used for like refilling tires and things like that mm. <clears throat> and you can use it for other stuff but it's like a big metal like like oval kind of thing that like it literally compresses the air like like when you go to put air in your tires it makes that same humming sound and it like uh, pushes air out so okay it's through like a little like tube thing mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so i'm like really confused about how he converted that to put gasoline in it 
he wait was it like a flamethrower situation no he put gas in it so that he could spray gas around the house Holy shit. I guess that, like, where the air would have come out, that's yeah. where the gas comes out. That's fucking intense. Yeah. That's really wild. So after he did all the shootings, he sprayed the gas all over the house and he set it on fire. So nine people died, either from gunfire or from the flames, and three were injured. So the nine that died included his ex-wife, her parents, her two brothers and their wives, her sister and her nephew, Katrina, his um, former niece, who was the first one he shot, had severe but non-life-threatening injuries. She was shot in the um, face. A 16-year-old girl was shot and wounded in the back. And then a 20-year-old woman um, got a broken ankle from jumping out of the second floor window. One survivor called the authorities during the attack after they escaped to a neighbor's house. And um, all of this resulted in at least 13 children orphaned. And um, two others lost a parent. Wow. So the fire got to be um, 40 to 50 feet tall, and it took 80 firefighters half an hour to extinguish it. Oh, my God. Is that like gasoline? gasoline. Mm-hmm. How so it, in the house, though? Ah, they didn't say. I'm mm. assuming it was, like, I don't mm. know. <laughs> like a maybe I just don't family have, home. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have any concept of, like, what 50 feet looks like. I'm imagining that it's huge. Like, 50 feet. Isn't it, like, five stories? In like a building, is that right? I have no idea how many feet it's doing. <laughs> it's tall, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, yeah. Um, because of how intense the fire was, the victims had to be identified with dental and medical records. Yikes. So this is the. I mean, all of it's some bullshit, but this is annoying. So after the attack, um, Bruce put on street clothes and drove a rental car to his brother's house, and which was about thirty minutes away from the crime scene. And um, this isn't the annoying part, (laughs) but he was later found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, but his brother wasn't there. So his brother didn't witness any of the things. So this is the part that's annoying. Police believe the motive of the attack was related to marital issues. It was Bruce's wife who had filed for the divorce and they had only been married for a year. So there was speculation that the divorce was caught was caused by Bruce concealing a child from a previous relationship. Wow. He didn't support the child or pay child support or anything, and he just never told his recent ex-wife about the kid. So I, they started growing apart after Bruce refused to open a joint bank account. And um, he also expected his wife to take care of three children she had had from a previous relationship all by herself. Like, he didn't want anything to do with it. What? And he also said that he wouldn't help financially with the kids. So what the fuck are you here for? Like, right. Why would you marry somebody with kids? So he, in the divorce settlement, he was required to um, pay $10,000 to his ex-wife. He also had, like, child support, but they ended up stopping it because he lost his job. But he complained to the court when they told him he had to pay this money that she was living with his parents and not paying rent. And she was kind of just blowing her money so he shouldn't have to pay her. And because of all of that, he killed her family wow. in a massacre what? on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. Don't get married, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I echo that sentiment. <laughs> just don't. Just don't do it. Just stay together forever. If y'all want to be together uh, forever, just stay together forever because y'all, y'all just love each other that much. Please don't. Because this capitalism and just has just ruined love. Like, what? So you had to pay $10,000 to a family that you knew she had when you married her mm-hmm. 
Because you fucked around and concealed a whole fucking child mm-hmm. to your wife. Mm-hmm. Even non-niggling shit. Like, you know, just... And you're so mad about it that you feel like you need to do what you everybody. Everybody in her family. You, all that money that you spend on the air compressor, on the gasoline, all that shit. Could have went to your kids. <laughs> so I ate fun. it. I ate it. You put all the effort into that. Yeah, you dressed up. As, you're supposed to dress up in costume for your kids. You're supposed to spend that money on gifts. You spent all that money just to be able to kill them and then kill yourself. You should just, okay, so just kill yourself. Like, leave everybody out of it. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, Yeah. And I hate that so much. Yeah, so nothing, I mean, there's nothing they can do because he died. Oh, my goodness. So all these kids don't have parents. So many, was it 13 orphans? Mm Mm-hmm. That's That's so sad. It is. On Christmas. On On Christmas Christmas Eve. Oh, Okay. Oh Lord, and and it was like you were going for something because you dressed up as Santa, right? And you didn't yeah, have to that, do that. That was a lot. Yeah, you did. You, you did didn't have that. to do that. Which I mean, a real Santa suit that ain't. I mean, it could it could be cheap, but I mean, like, where are you getting this money from? Since you ain't supporting no fucking kids, <laughs> where the fuck are you working at? You lost your job. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. you had enough money to buy that suit. Ooh, ooh, niggas ain't shit. I can't do it. Okay, so that that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Amy. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> you told me about the like early quarantine. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Take me back, please. That was beautiful. <laughs> um. So this one is called a Star Wars connection. Uh. So this is like way shorter or whatever. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Covina, the one you literally just uh, described, is on here too. Oh, cool. Um, so it's called Star Wars Connection. David and Roger Cooper plotted to poison Samina and Mom in 2014 through text messages coded with Star Wars phrases. The mirror reported she was having an affair with Roger, and although she believed that by 2015 they would be together publicly, he didn't want his wife to know about the relationship. The brothers decided to kill Imam and spent months planning the murder. They first attempted to have Dave David abduct her on December 12th, exchanging messages like Death Star Complete and Stay on Target. You are expected, Vader. But the <laughs> things are fucking ridiculous. Men are fucking ridiculous. But the plan failed. Then on Christmas Eve 2014, Roger and Imam um, arrived at David's home in Leicester, Leicester and David smothered her with a rag soaked in chloroform. Yikes. David disposed of the woman's body just hours after her death. After police were informed she was missing following Boxing Day, whatever that is, her car was found miles away from her body on January 4th for 2015, Vice reported. Um, finally, after a tip from the public, her body was found and the brothers were arrested on suspicion of murder on January 7th, 2014. On October twenty first, twenty on October twenty first, twenty fifteen, Roger and David were both found guilty of murder and are still sitting in jail. Girl, first I'm so confused because what? Let me go back and read that again. They she was having an affair with Roger, and all, although believed, although she believed that by twenty fifteen they would be together publicly, he didn't want his wife to know about their relationship. So they decided to kill her instead of just breaking up with her. <sighs> Basically, this episode gonna be <laughs> men ain't shit. <laughs> what? Goodness. Just break up. Oh my fucking god! It's not. It's not that hard. Just say 
hey, I don't want my wife finding out about this. Let's not do this. Or, hey, how about this? Like, if you don't want your wife finding out, don't fucking do it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What? We too old for this shit. We are really too old for this shit. This is some high school shit. And the thing, like, where do these people think that they truly are going to get away with murder? In this day and age. In right? the in the information age. Literally, CCTV everywhere. We got DNA evidence. We got, I don't know, blood splatter technology no, yes. and ballistics and whatever the fuck. And people can't just go missing like that. Yeah. Everyone's connected to so many people. Even if they don't have a social life, they have a social media life. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, people can't just up and disappear anymore. Right. And in the age of web sleuths, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't let the story get out to the internet. People gonna find you. Right. right. Immediately. Oh, my God. So that's so what we 2 and 0 for men ain't shit. What you got? I'm gonna go ahead and read the Crispin Christmas Cabin murders. Okay. okay. Honestly, like, the survivors are badass. And I, oh, so I love these. Yeah. Okay. I love when survivors um, be ass. Let's, let's fucking <laughs> So go. this is a Medium article written by Verity Partington. Um... So, as Christmas approached in 1990, 20-year-old Lene T and her 16-year-old sister Trish could barely could barely have been happier. They were about to gather with their loved ones to spend the festive season at a cabin in the mountains that their family owned in Utah. Must be nice. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. A cabin in the mountains. Situated in Weber Canyon near Oakley, it was more than two miles off the road and nicknamed Teed's Tranquility for the peace and solitude it offered. Indeed, so remote was... It's location that it could only be reached by snowmobile during the winter, which would give me anxiety. But, you know, I love that for them. <laughs> Lene recalled in an interview with CBS's 48 Hours that her mother, Kay Tidwell Teed, 49, and her grandmother, Beth Tidwell Potts, 70, had made the cabin the picture of Christmas coziness inside. My mom even had our Christmas stockings hung over the fireplace mantle, she said. So on December 22nd, 1990, the family left the cabin to finish some last minute Christmas shopping in Salt Lake City. Little did they know that while they were gone, two men named Bon Lester Taylor and Edward Stephen Deli had broken in. Taylor and Deli were parolees who had gone on the run from a halfway house when they were supposed to be job hunting more than a week earlier. Deli had been in prison for five years for arson in 1989, while Taylor was doing a 15-year stretch for aggravated burglary. Now, when they were inside the T's cabin and Taylor had called a friend and told them he planned to shoot up some people. Unaware of the danger that lurked inside, Lene, Beth, and Kay reached the cabin first at around 3.30 p.m. They touched in through, trudged in through the snow, put down their belongings, and started trying to get warm again after the long trip outside because they had to ride the snowmobiles. <laughs> it was then that the home invaders chose to strike. From behind the refrigerator came a frizzy-headed man in a gray sweatshirt with his pistol pointed at me. As soon as my mom came to the top of the stairs, out from the back bedroom, another robber with thick Coke bottle glasses was pointing a gun at my mother, Lene told 48 Hours. Without hesitation, Taylor shot Beth and Kay dead, so the mom and the grandma. Yeah. Oh, no. When Kay started to pray before she was shot, Taylor allegedly told her it would do her no good because he worshipped the devil. Terrified. I hate how people give, like, devil worshippers a bad name. Right. Satanism is actually just, like, spicy atheism, and they actually have, like, I don't know, tenets that they live by that are... And why would that mean that they're automatically a murderer? Right. right. Super, super sidebar on that, though. I completely agree with you. Satanists be they escort people from abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, after 9-11, they were um, protecting like Muslims from, um, you know, like Islamophobic attacks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They have statutes that they it's it's specifically a church set up to 
you know, combat like uh, anti, you know, like the super, super Christian laws, you mm-hmm. know, the like Christian supremacy. Yeah. And I, bet, I bet you if we wrote down a big ass list of all the murderers, serial killers and everything, the majority of them are not members Satan. of the church. fucking Satanists. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they'd be like, nah, we're not about that life. I love how they have a little FAQ on their website, too. They're like, no, we don't literally worship the devil. These are the things we believe in. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say that. Like, no, that's a good point. Yeah. They're actually on the forefront of the fight against the Texas, Texas abortion bans. Mm-hmm. Right They're now. like, oh, it's against our religious rights. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I love y'all. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, terrified and traumatized, Lene nonetheless tried to get the attackers out of the cabin as quickly as possible to protect her father, Rolf, and the little sister, Trish. They were still on their way up the mountain somewhere behind, blissfully unaware that their little slice of heaven had already turned into hell. So, mm-hmm. like, they were behind them coming from the shopping trip. That's what's sad. But despite her best efforts, it was too late. As Rolf and Trish pulled into the driveway, two men apprehended them at gunpoint and dragged them into the cabin, where Rolf saw to his horror that his eldest daughter was already captive. My dad could see tears in my eyes, and it was an unspoken communication, and he knew at that point that something awful had happened to Mom and Grams when they called, recalled. As the sisters watched, one of the men pulled out his gun. Although it misfired twice, the third shot hit Ralph in the face and he crumpled to the ground. So they shot the dad in the face. Where the intruders doused him in gasoline and set him on fire. After leaving Ralph for dead, the attackers covered the cabin in gas and set that alight too. Then they made the two girls load the snowmobiles and drive them away through the snow. Which is very wild to me. One man on each vehicle to ensure Trish and Lene did what they were told. Like, y'all is badass. Y'all can't even drive your own snowmobiles. They had, yeah, the, young, the, they had the girls drive the snowmobiles. That's, That's so, so traumatizing. Yeah. Ooh. So, at this point, someone in a cabin nearby had heard the gunshots and looked out to see two snowmobiles fleeing into the distance before calling the cops. Frantic with fear and suspecting they would probably be murdered themselves, once the two killers got to the road, Trish said they were trying to come up with a way of escaping. I had all kinds of different plans of how to wreck the snowmobile, how to throw him off into a tree, how to get rid of him. But all I could think of is I couldn't leave my sister. There was no one to help us. There was nowhere to go. Mm. Then Trish and Lene saw someone they knew, their uncle Randy Zorn. He had spotted the snowmobiles and was waving at his nieces, assuming they were taking some friends for a ride. But in an incredible display of bravery, the girls maintained their speed and swept by, completely ignoring him. Which, wow, because obviously they're trying to save their uncle. But I would have been like, nah, like I need help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Help us. Wow. I knew his life could be in danger. I knew if these men knew Randy was our uncle that they would have killed him, Lene explained in her 48 hours interview. Taylor and Deli took Lene and Trish to the family car by the road and forced them into the back. As the two men pulled away, they again saw Randy, and again the young women pretended they didn't know him to spare his life and suggested it was simply a neighbor being friendly. As Randy stood in the wake of the Lincoln wondering what was going on, he was about to get a bigger shot. A snowmobile buzzed into view, and on it was a man with no coat, gloves, or other warm clothing and a face covered in blood. It was Rolf T. Oh, period. Yes. <laughs> Recalling Woo! the sight of his brother for the 48 hours interview, Randy said, his face is just huge and full of blood and just, just big. Eyes swollen shut, blood sickles because it was cold oh, and he was gosh. in really bad shape. And he says, I've been shot. My wife has been killed and my daughters have been kidnapped. Rolf had somehow survived being shot in the face, doused with gasoline and set alight. <laughs> He had struggled to the bathroom to tear off his burning clothes before jumping onto a snowmobile in a desperate attempt to rescue his two girls. And that's... This is incredible. a movie. Listen. That's like pure adrenaline. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. Listen, when you said we want to do holiday stories, I was like, oh, I remember this one. It's so good. I mean, oh not good, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Randy bundled a bleeding and seriously ill Rolf into the back of his car and scrambled into the driver's seat. 
In another miracle at a time, when not every vehicle was equipped with them, Randy had a cell phone that he was able to use to contact 911. In 1990, he had a cell phone in his car. First of all, this this family, you know. They, they got money. Yeah, they yeah. Money. They got it. Having like, phones in your car, that's something else. Um, while on the line, he caught up with the Lincoln containing Church and Lene and was able to give directions to the Summit County Sheriff's Department uh, that was now pursued. A terrifying 90 miles per hour chase ensued before the attackers lost control and the car tumbled from the road down an embankment. Mercifully uninjured, Trish and Lene put up their hands and yelled that they were hostages as police surrounded the vehicle and fired at the two men who had held them captive. At last, Taylor and Deli surrendered. Von Lester Taylor, 25, and Edward Stephen Deli, 21, were charged with two counts of first-degree murder, one count of attempted first-degree murder, and two counts of aggravated kidnapping. They were also charged with aggravated assault, theft, arson, and failure to heed a police signal to stop. So what was the point? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's the motive? Like, were they just, trying to rob them? Yeah, they okay. were trying to rob them. Oh my goodness! It was the initial? Wow. Like, How old were these young girls again? The girls are or were twenty and sixteen. Wow. Trish was only sixteen at the time. This was in 1990, so they're much older now. Unfortunately, Roth later got cancer and died. Oh damn! He did survive after all that. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wildness. I'm like, I wonder if you're put in a situation like that, if your brain just turns on, like, something else. Because I'm like, me now, yeah. as a 28-year-old person, I would have never thought to do any of the shit that they did. Yeah. Right. I would have, I don't know what I would have done. I definitely right. think I would have froze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's incredible. They you just, just say your mom and grandma get killed. Yeah. And your dad, too, you thought, you know? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad he was able to pull through, I mean, for the time that he did. Yeah. Their dad is a fucking badass. Like, yeah, he been shot in the face and put lit on fire. And he ripped the clothes off and was like, "Nah, I'm gonna go in a snowmobile." Like, no, that's a movie shit. I don't like, even know what it, I'm gonna look up. Snowmobile. <laughs> a snowmobile is like a those things a water ski, but it's for the snow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna get, they're gonna make a movie and they're gonna get Jason Statham to play him. That would be lit, actually. Yeah, no, I would see that. These are kind of fun. We should go ride on these. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Oh, yeah, I would love that, too. But I would not want to stay in a cabin where that was the only way to get no, someone from it. That please. would just really stress me out. Yeah, no. I'm on, like, Alaska TikTok for some reason, and it's all these TikToks <laughs> about these people who live in, like, the North Pole. That's not Alaska. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, just super not not close to anybody, isolated mm-hmm. in, like, the winter. And the one I saw yesterday was, like, it's a 10-hour trip to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Because... Oh, no, what I'm no. gonna do is not eat. Right? Like, what happens when I'm craving cookies? No, exactly. I gotta drive. I'm gonna to get Uber Eats. First of all, I gotta have Instacart. Like, <laughs> no. Can you imagine a tip on that? Order? No. Hell no. Isn't Alaska one of those places in like I guess the global north or whatever where they have like they have like thirty days of night? Yes, that was yeah. another one I saw. It's and literally dark for whatever. That also couldn't be me because I just sleep the whole time. Right. Yeah, you want me to hold a flashlight? Worse. <laughs> you want me to hold it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go outside. Nothing's getting done. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. It'll be interesting to see, though. I'll just, you know, it's 12, wow. it's 12 noon and it's <laughs> dark as hell. Yeah, it's pitch black outside. But. <laughs> wow, that was, that was a, an that incredible was a, story. Yeah. I'm glad they pulled through. I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, when I first heard it, it was on another podcast called Shaken and Disturbed, mm-hmm. which is also a fun podcast if you like um, a lot of banter and like humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did the story and I was like, holy shit. Like, how have how is this not a more famous story? Right. Like the man survived being shot in the face. 
Okay, y'all ready for another one? Yes. yes. Okay, so this one is about Terry Trent. So I'm reading an article, well, a little snippet of an article from Law and Crime website. Mm -hmm. There's a short little snippet, but it says, It was a pretty unnerving event in 2011 with a boy, then 11 years old, spotted a 44-year-old burglar, burglar? Burglar. (laughs) Stranger in his Ohio home. Terry Trent described as high on bath salts. And pause. Remember when bath salts, like, that was really... When people in Florida were eating faces. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody thought it was the zombie apocalypse. Right. I'm like, no, niggas just found a new thing to turn to meth. That actually happened. Like that damn clown. Yeah, that was right around the same time. Did y'all hear about the bath salt story where the man ate his roommate's brains? No. Oh, my fucking God. That made me think about that. That was honestly the most horrifying story to come out of that whole period because I was like, I'm not putting nothing in my body that makes me eat human brains. But also, what the fuck are in bath salts that would make somebody do that? Are they really getting everybody to bathe in mess or something like that? It's for your bath. (laughs) I think they just called it bath salts. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was like actually, I thought they went to like Bed Bath & Beyond and got them. No, bath salts are like Epsom salt, right? With like (laughs) lavender. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought it was. Is it? Are they, are they selling them on the streets? Like I'm, I'm confused. No, I, I think it's like I thought it was the little crystal. That's like the street name the, for a drug. Yeah, it's oh, got to be like a hallucinogen. It's or a something. recreational designer drug. The name derives from an instance in which drugs were disguised as bath salts. Oh. The white powder granules or crystals often resemble Epsom salts, but different <laughs> chemically. Oh, okay. I hate That's it. I thought it was like Bath and Beyond. I thought, I thought it was going to like Bath and Body Works or something and getting like the little because you know you put the crystals in your tub and it's supposed to be all oh, different. No, there would be way more zombies if that was. <laughs> my bad, oh, John. My I'm not good with drugs. <laughs> okay, so Terry Trent, who was described as high on bath salts, had broken into the home, but unfor- but fortunately, he didn't mean any harm. What he actually did was put up Christmas decorations. <laughs> Why is that cute? It's, like, it's kind of cute. And lounge around. He lit candles, hung a wreath on a garage door, then kicked back and watched some TV with the volume turned up loud. Now home alone. <laughs> In somebody else's house. No one disclosed what he was watching, but we're just going to hazard a guess that it was Christmas themed. He was watching Home Alone. Yeah. Or Elf, <laughs> the best Christmas movie ever. It's canon. <laughs> the 11-year-old boy saw Trent doing, saw what Trent was doing around the house and called his mom, who was actually next door at the time at a neighbor's. Trent was described as polite and said to the child, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just here for a good time. So I was doing up some popcorn for the tree. <laughs> Ah, uh, that was a cute one. This is so sweet. So yeah, that was it. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I don't because I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> right. I don't know how I will feel. I feel like that's almost like a little scarier than like <laughs> you just come and rob me. And <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what their motive is. I mean, it's giving Daniel a plan, but he didn't kill anybody. Or <laughs> he just the ate the sandwich. Right. <laughs> 
believe he used ketchup. Oh no! He can't believe he put up Christmas decorations. Like did he go in their attic and find their decorations? He must have. Honestly, though, if that was me and a nigga went in my attic and put up the Christmas tree, put the ornaments on and the star, he can stay for dinner. Like, because that's (laughs) that's hard work. We gotta we gotta check the vibes. Yeah, it depends. If you truly are just like high as shit and you're like not threatening and like. I come over and you're like, yeah, I'm just hot as shit. My bad. I just want to make, like, holiday cheer. I'm like, all right. I'm like, you can sober up here. <laughs> you got to leave in the morning, though. I'm not calling the police, but you definitely got to get the fuck out. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that was cute. <laughs> we should have ended on that one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I got to go, jump back in some gruesome murder. But... Just a little back and forth. Give all y'all right. a palate can- cleanser. All right, so this one is called The Lawson Family Murders. On Christmas Day in 1929, tobacco farmer Charlie Lawson killed his wife and all but one of his seven children at his Germantown, North Carolina home. Just days after getting the family together for an expensive family portrait and shortly after he and his eldest son, Arthur, went hunting, Lawson hid by the barn and ambushed two of his daughters, shooting and then bludgeoning them. Why you gotta do both? That's excessive. That, what? What the? This is all. This is already starting off wild because it's like, what's your fucking motive? That's your family. Just run away, like niggas do. But just disappear. Just leave your family. It's nineteen twenty nine. Child support not gonna find you. But, no. Right. Walking back towards the house, he killed his wife on the porch and then hunted down his oldest daughter and two younger sons who were hiding mm-hmm. inside. Oh my god! Then he went into the woods where he killed himself. The sole survivor of the massacre was Arthur, 16, who had gone into town for some extra ammunition after their morning hunt. Although although we still don't know why Lawson killed his family, Carr says murders in general are more likely to be committed by someone in the victim's family than they are by a stranger. He probably lost his job. Yeah. Yikes. And probably was like, yeah, I can't provide for them anymore. So I'm going to kill them all. People who murder their family or a family member during the holidays are likely to have repressed anger, harbored hostility, jealousy, or frustration with that family member or what they represent, says Carr. Because holidays are expected to be happy times and family-filled, unhappy family members may experience a psychological quote-unquote break where they can no longer repress their uncomfortable thoughts or feelings of rage. Murders of this type are often reactive and unplanned. Wow. So, yeah. I don't, but I don't know. That doesn't sound unplanned to me because yeah. he hid by he hid behind the barn and was like, "I'm getting everybody up out of here." Yeah. That's so fucking weird. I mean, but like sometimes when people snap, they just like go into a whole different state of mind for hours. Yeah. So I don't know. That's yeah. horrifying. Ooh, that is terrible though. Poor kids. Yeah, no, it's sad. always the kids. Like the kids always suffer the brunt of these. This nigga's anger, like, oh, I lost my job, kill the kids. Or, you know, I'm feeling bad, beat the kids. Like, it's always the kids. Hmm. I would much rather be mad at you because you're broke than have you kill me. I would rather just leave the family. Just go. Yeah. Abandon. And leave a note. It was either this or I kill y'all. I'd be like, okay, You ain't gonna leave nothing. Just leave. Ghost ghost (laughs) me. I'm gonna be hurt for a little bit, but I'll be alive. Right. Me and the kids. In the 20s. Right. That's what I said. Like, there's nothing, there's no technology to find him. We could change his it's name. It's so easy to disappear. Yeah. And I don't know if this is insensitive, but if you're, if you're planning on committing suicide anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Why go, why kill the family? Oh, yeah. Why take yeah. other people with you? 
But I think that's a whole nother, like, there's psychology behind that. But yeah. still. Ugh. Yeah, most definitely. I didn't realize that there was, like, like legitimate reasons specifically why people commit crimes like this around the holidays. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I never would have guessed that either. But I guess it would. It kind of makes sense. Now financially, if you were having trouble with money or if you, like, you know... We're having relationship issues like the holidays definitely will put you in a state of mind where it's like everything's supposed to be happy. Everything's supposed to be good. And like it's mm-hmm. not like this because of you because you divorced me or because yeah. I lost my job or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. And it's like expected that you do nice things for the people mm-hmm. closest to you. And if you're like not feeling them at that moment, mm-hmm. you, you have to like, go to the direct opposite, though. Right. right. Just don't get them a gift. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> shitty, but I'd rather not get a gift than period it's funny that psychology works that way because like okay so you thought that i don't know because you couldn't afford gifts or because you you know don't have any money you didn't want to face how what people would think about you for that but, but you're willing to, to kill them right and deal with that reputation so not everyone in the world knows your name right for a horrible thing yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> well, well i guess we three no that's like three four and oh no, that's four and one for men not being shit. Well, but the men weren't shit in your story either, but then there was yeah, a, a is shit, so they canceled Yeah, so out. that's four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is not going to help the count. Oh, great. Um, it's very short. December 28, 1987, Ronald Gene Simmons walked into a law, fo- law firm in Russellville, Arkansas, and shot dead a receptionist who he was infatuated with but who had spurned his advances. Oh my God. But I, I, that is a good example. Like I hate when people don't take seriously how scary it is to tell somebody no. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When I tell you I got into a like blowout yelling at the top of my lungs argument with this guy I used to work with in like 2000, what was that? 2017, 2018, because I was like, I was talking about how like scary it is to mm-hmm. turn down a man's advances. I was like, they literally will kill you. And he was mm-hmm. like, nah, ain't nobody killing nobody over, you know, <sighs> if they trying to holla and you don't want to toss it. I was like, sir, first of all, I can they send are. you 10 articles right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could just send you the Google search and you could just look through all of it. Like it happens all the time. All yeah. the time. And he did not believe me. Like literally was trying to argue me down. This is back when I would go back and forth with a nigga. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I just, no. <laughs> but like, it, he's argue. probably the type yeah actually wasn't that's what was so frustrating like he was like a nice like he was younger than me so in my mind he's like a nice kid Mm -hmm. but like he was just so ill-informed about things like his mom was a cop so he didn't want to have any discourse about like black lives matter like black like but he was like he's light-skinned and from new york so he's like puerto rican anyway i'm getting off the subject but like he just had a whole different experience mm-hmm. of the world and i was just and he went to morehouse which i'm not even gonna get into that oh my god that. ew <laughs> stop you'll get us canceled <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that for those who know you know so it was just like ugh, I, I like see the potential in you this is the only reason i'm entertaining this conversation but also i'm gonna cut you the fuck out no it's very clear i mean there's evidence yeah one I mean, of my friends 1987 one of my friends on the bus and she told this dude no that he punched her so hard on her nose she had two surgeries she had to get two surgeries on her nose and i didn't find out i didn't find this out till like a year later because it had been a minute we went to high school together so i saw her on the bus one day and she was like yeah you know my nose is messed up because like that's awful yeah it's uh, that's so terrible the personal evidence is there that you know the 
fucking Google. I like, definitely had men threaten me before. I was yeah. trying to walk home from work one day, and a man was trying to talk to me, and I was like, no, thank you. And he was like, oh, you want me to, like, like make you do it? That's the kind of shit you like, da 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 and, like, threatening to hit me. I was like, oh, I'm no. literally trying to walk home from work. What the fuck is happening? Oh, that's so oh, scary. Okay, one more. I remember one time I was walking home from the train station and it was this kid. He couldn't have been no older than like 16. Mind you, I'm like 28, 29 at the time. And um, I was like, when, when I walk at night, I get the fuck on. Because yeah, I don't know, yes. like, if somebody's following, bitch, you better be a track star. Like, <laughs> so I hear like footsteps coming up behind me real fast. So I turn around and this kid, he's just like, oh, hey, give me a hug or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I seen something in his hand. I didn't know if it was a knife or something. I didn't know, but I was just like. I gotta go. No, he was like, where you stay at? And I was like, Mm-mm. not here. That's right. why I'm trying to get home. <laughs> and then he was like, give me a hug. Like, he just kept asking for a hug. And then I was like, no. And I kept, like, slowly backing away or whatever. He's like, see, this is the shit I be talking about. Like, he started getting mad. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm not about to get fucking stabbed over a hug. Like, right. nigga, I bolted home. Like, I think that's, like, the fastest I ever got home before. I said that's record so time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. If I ever find out that, like, my brother or people in my family or my kids are acting that way towards women or anybody else, I'm going to have a big ass issue. Yeah. Like why do people feel like that is okay? Right. It is. I mean, I don't know one person that that hasn't happened to. Right. Literally. And men still don't be wanting to believe. Cause it don't happen to them. They out there doing it. Like they probably don't know. And then just move on to the next. But that could be an episode. We could just have <laughs> yeah. bitches can't follow home because that shit has happened. But yeah, so, go ahead. He shot her dead and then he went to the office of an oil company and shot two executives, killing one and injuring the other. I mean, he's having a bad day, clearly. Yeah. He then drove to a convenience store and the former place of work, his former place of work, and shot two more people who both survived. Finally, he would do the same in at the Woodline Motor Freight Company, shooting and wounding a woman. He then sat down and waited for police to arrest him. The spree killing rocked the state, but the murders were merely a bookend to Simmons' evil festive period. Six days previously, he had shot and strangled his wife, two sons, and four daughters. Whoa! I was not expecting what that. What the fuck? Yeah. Yep. So he killed his whole family? His whole family. And no one knew? I guess not. Maybe I heard that wrong. He killed his two daughters and his, you say his wife? His two sons, four daughters, and his wife. It also says he shot and strangled his wife. And I need, like, I'm interested in the order. But also, like, that's a lot. You're married and you hit on a girl at your job. And you got six kids. She turned you down. Hmm. Where were y'all gonna go? What was y'all gonna do? I'm so curious if like people who do this like kill their whole family and go on like sprees like this if they if there's any evidence of like that behavior beforehand because mm-hmm. like I need to know because I am not trying to be in a situation like that right it <laughs> says it doesn't end there either Simmons then sat in the house among the bodies for four days leaving only to visit a local bar on Boxing Day now more relatives turned up to visit the Simmons Boxing family. Day that came up again yeah what is Boxing Day we're about, we about to find out I'm about to google this shit is this some white people shit I it, think so it's like a white people it's Christmas like a- thing Sunday December 26th a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day um, occurring on the second day of Christmas tide though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to the poor today Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping day of course sounds the about opposite sounds about right oh, so yeah, it's like okay. a black friday for christmas okay um so now more relatives showed up for boxing day including ronald simmons's grandchildren he killed them all <gasps> what the fuck in total he took 16 people's lives that christmas 
On the 25th of June, 1990, the then Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton signed Simmons' execution warrant, and he was killed by lethal injection. Oh, my God. First of all, 16? all this ammo? Yes. Right. And that has to be a terrible sign that somebody needs all that ammo. So he had family come over while his immediate family was dead? So I'm assuming they already had plans for, like, Christmas. It was probably, like, tradition that they, like, all met at their house for, like, I don't know, Christmas dinner or something else. Or Boxing Day dinner or whatever. <laughs> whatever they whatever the that, that is. And when they pulled up, I mean, I guess he was like, I wonder if it was, like, I killed my whole family, so y'all witnessed this, so now y'all gotta die, too. Or if he yeah. just, like, wanted to kill more people. Yeah. But, yeah. Whoa. Definitely. Went wild. I'm That's still related. shook at 16. Like, what... I, I, we gotta, I don't know. We gotta do some extended research on that. Yeah, we gotta have like to come back with like a full story. God damn! What the motive? What was the motive? What mm-hmm. the fuck? It so it didn't even really start with the receptionist that said no to him. It no, started it his with his family. His whole family. And he was probably still off that. Mm-hmm. And then he just couldn't take the no. He said like, Boxing Day was the twenty sixth. He yeah. got the receptionist and all those other people on the twenty eighth. Wow. Mm-hmm. In 1987. Wow. Mm. So what does that put the tally at? I think it's 5-1. Yeah. Aaron was the only one that came up with a cute story. Right. The rest of it was like, man ain't shit, man ain't shit, man ain't shit. Some bath salts, that's it. I also want to um, elaborate on my stance on Morehouse just for like a few <laughs> seconds. So it's not that I'm anti-Morehouse. It's just that some of Morehouse's antics are a little anti-black. Specifically the... The I don't know I can't talk today. The stipulation that you have to like cut your locks mm-hmm. when you go to Morehouse. You can't have thing? like locks. I it's not like a rule, friends that I've friends, friends that I know who went had to cut their dreadlocks to go to Morehouse. See the things that I know about Morehouse is like cultural stuff, like the misogyny, the queerphobia, like oh yeah, yeah, the transphobia. The elitism. Yeah. I'm just staying my little... <laughs> no, I agree. The Morehouse School of Medicine, I, I feel like it's very different than the regular school. I've also heard that, too. It's like a completely separate kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it's not any slight on, like, you know, Black excellence in a particular, like, way can be fine. It's just, like, Morehouse was created at a time where Black people, like, were really trying to, I don't know... I feel like take the route of like black respectability being the way out, mm-hmm. which I get that as a survival tactic. And I'm not going to comment on what people had to do to survive white supremacy during mm-hmm. like civil rights era and all those things like that. You know, those things have their place in history. But I think where Morehouse has fallen short for me as a person is that they haven't kept up with progress mm-hmm. and their views and the way that they treat their students and people who aren't just cishet black men who subscribe to those ideals. Mm-hmm. And that that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated someone who went to Morehouse <laughs> a very long time ago, and it was just like clear the things that he was learning at school were like just just dripping in like respectability. It was yeah. it was a lot for me as someone who's dating him, and then like just learning more about that culture and stuff. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't have any problems with anyone individually that goes there, even any of the professors. It's just like the the culture could stand to catch up with the times. Yeah, what Carter said. <laughs> All that, yeah. yeah. But I love HBCUs and they're important and all those things. 
cool. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just had this picture of everybody who <laughs> go to Morehouse being like, we gotta take these bitches down. <laughs> like, no, no. I, feel like, I feel like at this point, like, if you went to Morehouse, you've heard this time and time again. Mm-hmm. And if it's a surprise to you, then wake the fuck up. Yeah. So. That guy I was talking about earlier, well, I said that. Oh. Wow. So, I went okay. to Spelman, so I was at a school that had a lot of those issues as well, and then dealt with a lot of men that went to more house so yeah oh, i know what you mean mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so we're almost at an hour so i feel like we can oh, do wow. our current and crime unless y'all do y'all have anything any other stories you want to say mm-hmm. um i wanted to do like this isn't the right word for it and quote honorable mention it's not the best word for it but dishonorable mention dishonor- yeah kind of so um <laughs> I'm not going to say the full story because I feel like everybody knows, but because we're talking about holiday crimes and stuff Mm -hmm. on Christmas day in 1996, technically the 26th, because it was in the morning, John Benet Ramsey was discovered missing and then later discovered killed in her home. So that also was a holiday situation, but I don't feel like we really need to explain. Do we? No, that's like, we're going to do an episode. I would be interested in doing an episode, but it's like, Y'all done talked about this girl for decades at this There's point. There's countless yeah. docs. Like, so countless shows. I actually don't even know all the details of the case just because, like, it was... I remember being a kid and it was just, like, everywhere. It was on the National Enquirer mm-hmm. and People and, like, it was on every show, like, you know, on the true crime channels and yeah. all that. I was just like... They still don't know. know. Yeah, my daddy was obsessed with Dateline. I remember being really, really young, and that's all I saw. Mm-hmm. Literally all I saw. I didn't think nobody else was missing other than her. Right, <laughs> and that, that's the thing Seriously. that like, yeah. frustrates yeah. me a little bit. And, like, she was a beautiful little girl. It shouldn't have happened. It's awful, but, like... Yeah, just that juxtaposition of, like, black girls going missing every single day and nobody cared. Yeah. Not, I mean, they released, like, a, a new docuseries about it, like, every year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, they bring yeah. it up. It'd be like, so like I'm down to do a story about it, but I'll. I, I feel like <laughs> if we, I feel like right if there. we juxtapose it with, I don't know, maybe something else that was happening at the time. Like maybe the main story could be some things that were happening to Black people at that time, and kind of just like highlight what Black folks were going through at that time, mm-hmm. and then also just mention some key details from John Benet Ramsey that a lot of people weren't aware of. What year was that? Ninety six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can look into it. I was looking up the Atlanta child murders to see what years that happened. So I was like, that'd be an interesting. It was the 80s. Yeah, I also want to dissect the the Atlanta child murders because that one was wild. Yeah, Yeah. that one still wild. Yeah, yeah, wild to this day. Yeah, maybe we can do like a a set like a couple episode on like well, damn. (laughs) I guess there's a truck going by on like quote unquote well known cases, Mm -hmm. but maybe like do a little bit more dissection yeah. of things that people maybe haven't talked about, like the fact that this got hella attention and things like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. All right, so we have a Should This Be a Crime um, coming to you next. All right, so Should This Be a Crime? Super obvious, so this is going to be real short. Um... So this week, Toby in Toby Nguigwe, I'm, oh my God, I really don't. I've been practicing how to say this, and I still did it wrong. How do you spell it? It's N W I G W E Nguigwe. 
Okay. See, okay, cool. It came out good that time. So we knew we were good. Um, so basically him and Fat, they're known for like this is his wife. They have like two or three kids. They're like um uh, up and coming artists or whatever. They just had a song go viral earlier in uh it was either twenty twenty or like early twenty twenty one. It's called Fi Fi. And it was like basically like them on a basketball court, like it was like a chant anthem kind of thing. I don't know if you saw it or like if y'all saw it or whatever. And they were dressed all until Yeah, they were just all yeah. And it was like the choreography that was like all together and stuff. I'm Apparently, looking at the visuals now, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's a gorgeous video. Yeah. The and the song is cool. But um yeah, so his whole shtick is like he's a family man and they're like super family oriented and they Christian and they people of God and da da da. So they're not Satanists. No, they're not Satanists. <laughs> they're not Satanists. They're not killers. <laughs> I mean, shit. If I was fat, I would be because, bitch, listen to this shit. So I'm going to play a clip of the video and then we'll see. If, um... Oh, I'm not into you or whatever. He told no, no, me. No, I said you. Like, like, wait, wait. I don't like you. Wait, yes, Stop wait. looking at me like that. I wait. don't like you like that. You are. You know, when someone looks at you in church, you can't say, like, hey, stop. Like, get away from me. You got to say something like, like a little interview or whatever and this is back when they were engaged i think this is like kind of old a little bit but then it's resurfacing now uh, i think because there's another interview i'm not sure if that's recent of him being on the radio saying the same thing and she was like so yeah he didn't want me so i you know i went on and i was living my life and he was like whoa 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 when you say living your life it makes it sound like you was being a hoe like or something like that and i'm just like okay yeah you make, make it sound like he was out there being loose and <laughs> loose So when y'all said she wasn't a murderer, I'm like, she should be a murderer. She should have killed him. Because what the fuck? Like, why did you, why would you say that? Why would you, why would you say that out loud? Why would you say that? Yeah. That's yeah. horrible. And he's terrible with his whole chest. I did not like you. Like, all right, calm down. He wanted to make it clear that <laughs> this relationship is because he chose it. Mm-hmm. He chose to be with her. Right. And he not her happen. choosing to be with him or them choosing together. And he said that that's like the not the smartest way to approach love or whatever. He was like, you know, she just loved me so much. And then I was just I just wanted to see like what that could what he said. I just decided to like see if I could love her the same way or see if I could like see what that felt like or something like that. And then, it really frustrates me. I don't know, not frustrate. It makes me sad that she was like, I had a choice to either like take him as his word and go on about my life which is what the fuck she should have done mm-hmm. or basically settle and like 
stick around until he took pity on her and decided to date her? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Just for him to turn around after she done birthed his children to be like, yeah, I ain't like you. I ain't want you. Yeah, but I just I just decided, you know, take a chance on you, and here we are. I'm curious how they got back together, like, at once she... Honestly. Hold around. <laughs> honestly, I am, too. And, yeah, no, I just feel like that's super embarrassing for it. Extremely embarrassing. And now, mind you, she is not ugly. She's not ugly by a long shot. I mean, so, neither one of them are, but that's just a really wild thing to say to your partner. Yeah. In yeah. front of God and everybody on the internet. Oh, yeah, I ain't want you. With your chest. <laughs> I'm you want people to know that on Facebook that's talking about it right now. And someone commented, the fact that he keeps talking over her to drive home, the fact that he did not like her at all, and she was completely unwanted to him. Like, it's, yeah, that's yeah. very wild. Yeah. Super misogynist. Ooh. Very much a crime. Yeah, very much a crime. I'll yeah. take a bit one back. Yeah. You don't have to deal with that, ladies. I say double jeopardy. <laughs> you don't have to deal with that, folks. I also feel like tacking on Christianity on top of misogyny kind of gives it like this special brand where it's like... <laughs> Not spicy. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> because it's like, this person is a misogynist. This person is doing this misogynist thing or whatever. Even though they, you know, he very well may love her now or, you know, their whole dynamic has changed and he realized that like, that's, that's not the way you're supposed to move and stuff like that. I feel like when you tack on Christianity on top of that, it kind of gives it that, it kind of gives it that feeling of like, God has my back on this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a person who's like secular or whatever, out here being queerphobic or whatever, or misogynist or whatever, fuck, it's them. But when you, when it, with Christianity, it's like, yeah, God agrees with this too. I'm getting this message from God and God is telling me to behave in this way. And so that's why I especially call it a crime because like, you know, putting those things together and then just like, uh, it's just, I hate it. It's icky. <laughs> it's very icky. Yeah. Ooh. I hate it for her, but um, I hope that they're happy together now. Yeah. Um, I. She all in the videos pregnant and shit. She right. better be happy. I hope she like, is. I don't want her to feel embarrassed by this story, but I just wish she could have a better perspective on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like odd she, to me that she didn't have any like reaction to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't hurt her feelings. It was, it was just like, like he was, you know, saying what he wanted for lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if someone said that about me. In my relationship, like now that we have kids and we've been doing this, I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Like, first of all, you know, people are going to see this, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Also, how did that, so especially the one that they recorded at home, I'd be like, yeah, we got to delete that. Yeah, yeah that's not going up. Why I'm going to leave. <laughs> why do we have a camera going right now anyway? Like, I don't. Uh, oh, yeah. Lord. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, I hope she is happy, and you know, yeah, hope I don't know. I hope their dynamic is better because that's right. I want him to be embarrassed. I want him. Right. To I was like, I don't want her to feel shame, but this is like objectively fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> right. and I feel like if he's okay with acting like that in public, I don't. I'm sure it's like way mm. more intense when it's just them two. Yeah, probably. Because even outside of what he was saying, like you said, he was talking over her, not listening to what she was saying. You know. yelling why are you yelling we're all right here yelling that you didn't like me like i didn't want you now keep that in mind let's be clear (laughs) and you're proud of that right i got bored one day and i just decided you know let me take a chance on let me give it the old college try (laughs) excuse me yeah the internet's been dragging them (laughs) this happened today um i just saw this yesterday Mm -hmm. maybe maybe the day before but yeah it was definitely very recent so yeah Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, so well, God bless us. Good luck. 
I still call it a crime though, so yeah. Yes. Definitely. You can get expunged off your record if you come out with um something. <laughs> if you leave him for a woman. Ooh. <laughs> I would like to see it. <laughs> like Niecy Nash, but she did but that. Niecy is living her best life. She's so happy. She's sitting up here crying and shit, hugging all up on her. Oh listen. <laughs> and I just know that strap bitch. <laughs> the way she be hearing him. <laughs> Thinking you ain't never lied. I'm like, so jealous. Oh my goodness! Smiling in every video. You don't never hear about right. her being sad or nothing like that. And you didn't even hear about the divorce from her husband. Mm-mm. It was just boom. She got married. She got married. Right. <laughs> Love that for her. But yeah. All right. Well, since it's a crime, I guess that's crime. that's it. That's, that's the last. Ep- that's the last episode of the year, y'all. Thanks for listening. I was going to say thanks for watching. You can't see us. <laughs> thanks for listening. We love y'all. We are obsessed with y'all. We watched the numbers. We watched uh, every device and every new listener and everything like that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And please come back in the new year. Uh, we got some new stuff for for y'all. Um, yeah, we got some plans. Yeah, and do some things. Spice it up. Make make some things for y'all. Oh yeah, so I'm so excited. Um, I guess we haven't decided exactly when we'll be back, but it'll be in the beginning of January. So just look out for us. Most likely January 10th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think that's a good date. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So January 10th. We'll just say that now. Okay. Yeah. January 10th. Yeah. And in the meantime, catch up on all of our old episodes. Re-listen if you want. Yes. <laughs> um, we are now that we don't have to do the research and stuff for a couple of weeks. We'll try to be more active on our social media. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So y'all can see us there and enjoy your time off from work or whatever you have coming up. Be safe. Yes. Enjoy spending time with your family, you know, Mm-hmm. All the things. Fun capitalism, but I hope you get what you want out of the next few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Godspeed to everybody who I know got to work on Christmas and work during the holidays mm-hmm. and shit. That was me. So yeah. I'm I'm in the struggle with y'all. Like, mm-hmm. trust. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's try to start this next year off on a good note. Yeah. Bring some good energy into 2022. Two. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's that's a, fuck. Two years. That's a crime. <laughs> Here we are. Damn. Yeah. All right, we're on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at I Killer Podcast, and we're on Twitter at I Killer Pod. And you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Music. You can find us on iHeartRadio. Basically, anywhere where you can find podcasts and music, you can find us. So come find us. Come listen. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, did like, we do everything? Okay, yeah. cool. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. <laughs> yeah, that was smooth. Merry holidays. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all next year. Bye. Bye. Bye.